Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all your running, injury and performance needs. So get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you are capable of. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAKENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Episode 118 is an interview that I'm really excited to share with you. I was lucky enough to get to chat with Ruth Croft. Now, New Zealand trail running sensation Ruth ran for 17 hours, 33 minutes and 48 seconds to put her on the podium in a stunning debut at Western States. Now, this was her first attempt at the 100 mile distance around, well, nearly 60 kilometres further than she'd ever raced before. Ruth was the second female home and ninth runner overall at Western States. She won uh, earlier in the year the 102km Tarawera Ultra overall, top man or woman, in February. Then uh, she set her sights, as you will hear in the podcast, on Western States. In this episode, we discuss how Tarawera and Western States went, how she trained for each race and what she is focusing on now. I hope you enjoy our chat. I certainly enjoyed chatting with Ruth. Now, if you do enjoy this episode, could you do me a favour? Could you go on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review and subscribe? It's really easy to do and it sure helps me out by growing the audience and the show. And I also really appreciate your feedback and support. So thanks in advance. Now, if you want to be the best athlete you can be, you deserve the best coaching you can get. Peak Endurance Coaching has the personal touch that you won't get get elsewhere and that will help you achieve your running goals through providing customised plans that reflect your commitments in life and your athletic history. You will become fitter, faster and stronger whilst becoming part of the inclusive Peak Endurance Coaching community. 
don't waste a minute of your running journey, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get a program designed just for you started. Enjoy this chat with Ruth. Hey, it's Tom Dade here, back with some more thoughts. And as I'm driving to do another open water swim, I've been really um, not motivated at all today to do it. And uh, the idea of being cold makes me, again, ridiculously anxious. And sometimes you just can't do it alone. And it's something we've always got to remember is that you don't always have to be motivated yourself or you don't always have to do everything alone. You can ask others to help out. And uh, it's relevant for me today because I just, you know, I, I just I was just struggling, honestly, I was just struggling to get it done myself today. It was on the books to do it. And I thought, you know, what will actually help me mentally do this is I message a mate of mine and see if he wants to come and join me. And that's what I've done. And I'm meeting him as we speak. And it's helped me mentally to get out there and do it. And I think it's something we should all remember, uh, especially in these individual sports, is that we've got a community of people around us and friends that are there to help us out, um, even if they don't know it. And use them. We're all in this together. Hi, Ruth, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. No worries. Now, um, just in case there's anyone who doesn't know who you are, which I, which I highly doubt, but can you tell the listeners a bit about yourself, but also your athletic and running background and how you got into running and ultra running? Uh, so I'm a born and bred Kiwi. I grew up on the South Island, on the west coast of the South Island in a small place called Greymouth, small town. Um, and so growing up, um, I always did a lot of sports. Like I think a lot of Kiwi kids did basketball, tennis, netball, uh, and did cross country and track. And then, um, when I was about 11, I went over to Christchurch to boarding school. Um, and that's when I started getting a bit more serious into running. Uh, I got a coach there. Uh, and then as a junior, I represented New Zealand at the world mountain running champs, um, at the, World Athletics Champs and then also at the World Cross Country Champs. Um, and then after graduating high school, I worked in a bar and a restaurant for a couple of years and then I decided to take up an athletics uh, and cross country scholarship at, in the US and I went to Port, University of Portland uh, in Oregon and was there for four years and my running got worse actually. <laughs> and then I think it was my fourth year, I finally did a, a PB. Uh, and then after that, I moved why, to why just, Taipei. Why do you think it got worse? Sorry. Why did it get worse? Uh, it was just a different environment from what I was used to in New Zealand. I think in New Zealand, uh, like my coach did it for the love of it. He didn't get paid. Um, yeah. We had a, like a really good relationship. And then in the US, it's very much more business orientated. There were 25 girls on the team. Um, only the top seven would get to travel to major events. And so as a freshman getting when you first come onto the team it's kind of like you're working out your pecking order um yeah. and I think a lot of the time your easy runs were not easy they were too and there was just a lot more intensity sessions than what I was used to yeah. running on the concrete a lot more yeah. so there were a lot of factors like a lot of a lot of athletes do well in that system um but yeah. for me I, I just didn't yeah, yeah. fair enough sorry I just wanted it to no sorry <laughs> keep going <laughs> Um, and so after that, I moved to Taipei, Taiwan, with just wanting to give up running. I kind of lo- fell out of love with it. 
Um, and then after six months of not running, it was I realized it's pretty ingrained in me um, and just got back into it more for the health side and then used got into trail running and used it as a way to travel. Uh, so we went to Japan and did the Mount Fuji ascent and then mm -hmm. to, to the summit of Mount Fuji. They went to Nepal and did a race from Everest Base Camp and like went to Malaysia and did Mount Kinabalu Climathon. So it was just kind of a way to see different countries. Um, and then I started getting some results and then that would kind of just, yeah, progressed from there pretty much. Yeah, wow. That is some amazing races you've done in in such a in you know such a short time really when you think about it being being everywhere really what was it like going to boarding school at the age of 11? Um, you learn to be pretty independent <laughs> pretty quickly yeah I um, I, yeah I got a lot more sporting opportunities there so I don't know if I'd actually if I'd stayed where I grew up I don't know if I would have yeah. gotten into running um, to the extent I did uh, but I definitely yeah I look back at it and I'm very fortunate for that time but also didn't have our family wasn't super close I don't think growing up because we didn't have that time together yeah yeah I can imagine but also do you think that perhaps that that independence has really helped you with the running because it is a solo pursuit mainly um, it's I think it's helped me in just having the like being okay about going over to the US and yeah. going on a running scholarship and then and being okay to move to Taiwan where I didn't know anyone I didn't speak the language and I didn't know the culture so I think it's helped me have the courage to to yeah to step outside my comfort zone and, and go do some some other things in life yeah I bet but yeah still it would have been really hard I can imagine now of course um you recently came second and ninth overall at western states in a time of 17 hours 33 minutes and 48 seconds and so congratulations on that that is an amazing result yeah, thank you. I just, it was one of those days where everything clicked and I oh. don't think I could have asked for a better like debut 100 miler. Yeah, because that was your first 100 miler and normally you go into your first 100 miler thinking, well, we'll just see how it goes. But yeah, I think sometimes it can be a good thing. I think, yes. I think you're a bit more, you have, you know, you have to have a lot more patience and you're just a bit more cautious and aware yes. that this is your first one that you can't yeah, you can't, I don't think you can race too aggressively. Well, I'm not the sort of person that would do that for my first hundred miler. So yeah. I think in, in some ways, like ignorance is bliss going into <laughs> to your first one. Yeah. So when you reflect on it, because you've done hundred K races before, how does it differ, say from a hundred K race? There's just so many more. Well, I think Western States in particular, you've got more variables. Um, you've got the heat. It's a net downhill course of 7,000 meters of downhill and 5,000 meters of climbing yeah. um, and so you've got to be careful of your quads and for me the other thing was the the nutrition side of it so it's just there's a lot more variables that could go wrong compared to 100k so it's really about making sure that you're staying on all, on top of all of those yeah yeah no that's quite true now seeing as it was your first 100 miler and western states just to to add to the pressure were you nervous beforehand or were you taking it quite in your stride um, yeah, I was nervous, but excited, um, yeah. a little bit scared shitless too, but yeah. it's a really good feeling to have. Yeah. Like I was yeah. telling people, like I've been doing the same races for the past yeah. three years around that 50 K to 80 K distance. Um, and so it was really good to go into it and be excited and just be a bit curious about that unknown. Um, yeah. so yeah, definitely. But also like, I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself because I kind of drawed on a lot of my training. I knew, I knew I'd done everything I could to be on that start line really. Yeah, no, that's good. And um, what made you decide to step up to the 100 mile distance? 
Um, pretty much just what I just touched on that I was just doing the same distances. I was doing the Golden Trail series, which I'd done the past three years. Um, and I was also racing a lot of the same females and I just don't get super motivated yeah. by doing the same events year in and year out. And at the end of last year, I was just feeling a bit stale race wise. Yeah. And so I thought it was just time for a change. Yeah, no. And obviously a good change. So um, how did your training differ? Like what did you have to do extra or was it basically much the same? Um, so my build up for Western States, I actually did marathon prep. Um, I came over to, went over to Aussie and did your marathon trials on, I think it was April 14th around then. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So I, at the beginning, I found out I got a ticket for Western States in January. Um, yeah. but I didn't know if it was going to go ahead or not. So I didn't want to put all my eggs in the Western States basket in case it didn't happen. Um, and so I decided to train for the road marathon until April. And then in the middle of that road build up, I did Tarawera 100. Mm. Um, and then, so after that, after the marathon, it didn't go well. I pulled out at 32 K. Oh no! Uh, yeah. But it was just, I had all done all the training. So that didn't go to waste. Um, I had a couple of weeks, I think a week or so off after that and got straight back into trail training, um, came over to Aussie to do UTA 50 and yeah. then recovered from that. And then I essentially only had three weeks, got over to the States and I had a three week block, which isn't a lot when I look back at it, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, it was, obviously was enough. Uh, yeah, it was just from, at that point, it was about getting time on my feet. I knew I had the, the speed in my legs. Uh, and so it was just doing, getting some long runs in. Um, but my longest run, and like it, I was saying the other day, I don't think it was over 50, 53K. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, you don't have to do super long runs for a miler. It's, it's the cumulative no. effect of all the training. Exactly. And I'd had consistent training since middle yeah. of December. So you just have to yeah. draw on that. And I mean, you did Tarawara, so that's like a, a decent so, length run too. Yeah, and you yeah, won yeah. that overall, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yep. That's an amazing achievement as well. Um, so, so you had that, you know, in your mind as well to look back on to see that, to know, you know, as a confidence booster, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. And it was good to just have a longer race like Tarawera and just to practice nutrition and things like that. Yeah. Now, with all this traveling for different races, which under normal circumstances would be completely normal, how did you manage that in this COVID world? Um, so, yeah, traveling from New Zealand has actually been pretty easy because, oh. yeah, it's very different to Australia. I know with Aussie, you have to apply to yeah. get yeah, granted to leave. With New Zealand, we can leave freely. So it's actually oh, really? easy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And Flying into the States, yeah, because New Zealand is on one of the green green lists, we could just enter. Wow. So so from New Zealand, you're allowed to travel. I'd heard that you weren't. Yeah. No, you're allowed to travel. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I traveled. I left New Zealand uh, for the season last year, end of July as well. So, That's yeah, amazing. Just getting... But what about when you go back? Do you have to quarantine or anything? Yeah. Yeah. So we have to do the MIQ two-week quarantine. I'm fully vaccinated, though, as well. And that's yeah. it's still still the yeah. case at the moment yeah but I mean it's worth it if you get to travel isn't it <laughs> yeah well New Zealand's MIQ I was checking yesterday but it's all full up until the end of November oh so you can't go yeah. home <laughs> I can't go home at the moment oh wow oh well yeah. I'm sure there's there's worse things I guess you'll just have to yeah <laughs> um so who was your crew for the race 
Uh, so my partner, Martin, was with me. Uh, and then I had Alex Varner out of San Fran and then a good friend from college, David Thompson. So I had the three of them that crewed me and paced me. Uh, okay, so you, you had paces as well, so that's good. Yeah. Now, you touched on nutrition and how it differs from the 100K. What, what was your nutrition plan going in and what did it end up being? Um, well, actually, my nutrition plan going in ended up the same as what it was. I didn't, yeah, it worked out well. I, um, for the first five hours, my plan was to use real food yep. just because I know from previous experience, I kind of have a limit on gels in that of 10 to 12 hours. Yep. And I knew at the start of the race, it's cooler. Um, I shouldn't be going running too hard. Um, so it's a good time to try and eat real food. And so I was aiming for 60 grams of carbs per hour. Um, and then I was drinking 500 mils of either water or a nun electrolyte um, and trying to get 600 milligrams of sodium. Yeah. And then as it, after the five hours, as it was starting to get hotter, I upped it to like one liter of fluids, um, 800 milligrams of sodium, and then kept it on the 60 grams of carbs. But then I went to like liquid carbs. Um, I was using the Goo, uh, Goo Pain Summit tea. Um, and diluting that over a liter or and then I alternate with Morton gels as well. So did you work with a uh, nutritionist or dietitian on that plan or is that something you've just come up with because it's quite detailed? Um, I did I talked to a sport nutritionist <laughs> just that for me the worry was the the heat I just didn't know what I needed to aim for each hour um, and so she was telling me how like a liter is your the maximum gastric emptying rate so she was like, oh, you don't need to go over that for the hour and just, yeah, getting that sodium dialed in. But yeah. I also think um, I, even though I've done shorter races, I've got my stomach pretty conditioned for gels and all that. Yeah. So I, I worked out. So do you normally, um, when you're in training, do you train trying different foods and, and gels and all that sort of stuff? Um, I've changed over the years. I get kind of flavor fatigue or I just like to try something different, but the goo rock pain summit tea is not super sweet. So that's always worked for me. Um, and the Morton gels work. And then I try different real foods. So I had these almond butter kind of protein bars that were working and then brown rice balls that I was using for my real food. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, how did the heat affect you? How did you find it? <clears throat> it actually wasn't too too bad I think it's how you go into it mentally as well and not trying to fight it um, and with western states they had 20 aid stations over the 100 miles and they had accounted for two no five pounds of ice per athlete per aid station oh really Jeez. yeah yeah so um <laughs> There's a lot of cool, like cooling techniques as well. Yeah. So once it got hot, I was using the ice bandana, ice in my arm sleeves, ice in my pack, ice down my sports bra. <laughs> and so it's actually not, I didn't find it to be too bad. Yeah, oh, that's all right. Um, <clears throat> now, also, as you said, it's a net downhill race. Did you do any specific in your training, anything specific to harden your legs up for that? Um, so I really, in the first weekend that we were in the States, they have the Memorial weekend run where you can do the last 120 K of the oh. course over three days. Yeah. So I only did two days. So it was like a 50 and a 30 K the following day. Um, and I just noticed my quads were so sore after that. Um, but then those next three weeks, I was just getting in the mountains and I didn't do anything specific, but over the course of that time, I was getting plenty of up and down and they were ready by race day. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Um, <clears throat> do you have like a, a high point of the race and a low point of the race you could share with us? 
Um, so the high point of the race what was my high point. I had a good group of girls that I was running with at the beginning. Um, Brittany Peterson, who got second the year before uh, in 2019, um, and Emily Hallgood and Kelly Hininger. And it was just good to have that company because it can be quite lonely, 100 miles. Um, and Brittany, she's raced it obviously before. And so it was good. I felt like the girls ahead of us had gone out pretty hot and she was saying that. And it was good just to check in with her about it. Um, and then my low point was probably like the last five miles. Yeah. I was just struggling at that point with, I actually was struggling with getting gels in and I was just ready for it to be over. My feet were really sore, probably slower on the downhills than I was on the flat. Um, So I was getting some tough love from my partner. (laughs) That's always very important, but you know, (laughs) and it's to be expected that that last five miles was, was hard because it's the longest you've ever gone. So yeah 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 I guess that that's part of it so you talked about um pacing a bit there like um with saying you know the girls other girls went out really hard um do you in longer races tend to pace yourself as in doing negative splitting basically or going out easier and then sort of picking it up how do you pace yourself um I I feel like I have a pretty good gauge of running knowing when I'm running too hard and like running in my own limits um I I feel like I don't know. I feel like I don't always race super aggressively, but then there has been times where I have as well. It just depends on my mindset, I think, going into the race and how I'm feeling. Yeah. 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 Um, So is there anything you would change about the race, you know, your strategy and tactics if if you did it again? I think... If you could do that, this particular race over again, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think I could have done with training a few more weeks of just getting some longer runs under my belt. Um, And then I think going into it again, I would have a bit more confidence knowing that I could race it a bit more aggressively. Um, And then, yeah. So I think that's the main, the main changes I would make. And so when you knew, like, as you said earlier, it was your hundred mile, first hundred miles. So you weren't necessarily putting a lot of pressure on yourself, but you must've at some point realized that you were going to be, you know, uh, podium on the podium I can't say the word um, what <laughs> how did that make you feel like did you start stressing about that were you how were you feeling about it all um like I went into I know it was my first hundred miler but I still I had confidence that I, I could get on the podium um, yeah. like I knew my training had been had been good and I like I knew that if I did everything right like early on in the race, if I like didn't go out too hard, if I kept up on my nutrition, if I kept myself as cool as possible, I knew, I felt I had, I could do well at the, in this last 60 K. Um, and so I think it was more, yeah. Like when I realized that I'd come second, it was, as I said, at the finish line, it was just such a positive experience. Like I really enjoyed the day out there. I never thought I would say that about a hundred <laughs> miles and just to have my crew also have like a really good day. Um, that meant a lot as well yeah and um obviously you um being second or you know all of the people in the top 10 get to come back again next year will you be going back do you think (laughs) if you had asked me like straight after the race (laughs) I was like definitely not (laughs) I just felt I've never felt so wrecked after a a run before and I know this has probably taken a massive toll on my body and I also don't think it's healthy to run this longer distance very often but we're now like a week a week or two removed from it 
and I definitely think I would go back like Western States it has a lot of history it's a great event like the whole community gets behind it um and so it was great to be a part of and yeah I'm not sure if I'll go back next year but I, I definitely will be back at some point so so the next time you go back will you be gunning for the win um I, I'd say so I think anyone like yeah. yeah any of those top 10 women like we all when we're on the start line like we're all there to compete yeah. um we're all there to give our best I don't think anyone's there just to go out for a for a jog in the mountains and that so yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah no, that, that's good now the women did really well this year as in overall um why do you think it is that the women were so strong this year um I think women just race smarter, to be honest. Like, it was a lot of the men who should have been, like, ahead of us. But um, I was reading an article by Jason Coop saying about the pandemic and how a lot of athletes have had a year removed from racing. Um, So a few people could be just a bit bit race rusty. Um, But I also think that the women raced a lot smarter. Um, There were some guys probably that maybe went out a bit a bit hot and then and then blew up Uh, but the female female field didn't have as much attrition I don't think as the male field did yeah yeah no that's that's fair enough so and you were saying that you you think the 100 miles is quite hard on your body so how has your recovery been going um yeah it's been going really well (laughs) I've been in Costa Rica (laughs) pretty much not far not long after the race um yeah, just completely not doing, I haven't done any running and just been doing some diving and some yoga and I'll be here for three weeks and then I head back to Europe for the end of the season. Um, And so then I'll get back into running when I, when I get into Europe. And so um, do you do anything specific for, um, uh, for recovery? Sorry, I'm just writing something down. Do you do anything specific for recovery? Like, you know, I know you said yoga, but do you do, you know, the compression boots or do you um, eat anything specific or anything like that? Um, no, it's just like upping my protein pretty much after yeah. a big event like this. And then no, I don't use compression or get massage. Um, but for me, it's just like, not just physical it's also mental so it's like completely switching off from running during this time and not feeling like I need to go for a jog and or a run or anything um so yeah that's the kind of that's the way I approach it and and how long do you have off running completely well I'm not like this is going to be three weeks Uh, normally I wouldn't have this long but I think just with the way I was feeling um at the end of the race and just being my first hundred miler I really want to respect that distance and yeah and yeah, not rush back into things. And yeah, when I get to Europe, I also get a blood test just to make sure everything's good to go and then get yeah. back into training. Yeah, look, I, I think sometimes having a, a complete break is good more mentally rather than yeah. physically. Yeah, and, and like, it renews yeah. your desire to run and race again anyway. Exactly. Like I think after three weeks, I'll be ready to get this, get motivated and get back into it. Um, yeah. And I think resting after a hundred miler is the best thing you can do for your body. <laughs> I think, I think so. Now you talked about the European race season. Um, what races is that? Um, currently signed up for CCC for UTMB. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, have you done that before? See, yeah, I did it in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll see how, if I'm recovered or not, otherwise I might do Transvolcania, which is, yeah, end of October. Um, And then the World Trail and Mountain Running Champs are in Thailand in November. So it's kind of, I'll decide once I get over to Europe. Yeah. 
yeah. I'll spoil it for choice then. So you don't, you don't even need to get back to the hotel quarantine then. No, not yet, but I do want to get back home in December. So I need to be on yeah. it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now we touched on this earlier, but you ran and won Tarawara overall back in February. Um, mm -hmm. Can you share with us what that was like winning that overall? Yeah, so I went into, yeah, it got a lot of hype, to be honest. Um, and, but it was good, like overall, it was super positive and it was good to see trail running, especially in New Zealand, getting a, a bit more spotlight. Yeah. Um, but I don't really compare myself to the men. It was more, yeah, I went in there to compete against the women. And also yeah. what mattered most to me was to be able to uh, get Courtney DeWalder's course record. Because yeah. um, sometimes I think a woman's result shouldn't be justified by how many men yes she bet no yeah. no no I, I totally agree but yeah yeah it's still something but it was uh it was super cool like I hadn't done Tarawera since I did it was my first 100k actually um and it was just like our course came up against the tail end of the 50k runners yeah. and I think Tarawera is a, an awesome event like it gets a lot of people out on the trails yeah. Um, so it was great to see. I think they had 5,000 people. And I think the year before, because the borders were open, that had 7,000 people, which is massive. Um, so yeah, it was super cool just to race at home as well. My parents, they don't really, they don't come overseas. And so they were able to help crew and, and be on board Oh, that would have been too. nice. Yeah. 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 Why do you think Tarawera is so popular? I don't know. I feel like it got a lot of momentum at the beginning when it was yeah. on the Ultra Trail World Tour. Um, okay. And it does have a really good atmosphere. Um, so I think that's just kind of, yeah, snowballed over the years and it has, it's got a, a lot of, I don't know, hype around it. Yeah. Yeah, I just know certainly um, here in Australia, it's it's really popular and lots of Aussies get over there if they possibly can. Yeah, probably similar to like UTA as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. Have you done the 100 at UTA? No, I haven't, just the 50, yeah. yeah. Do you think you'll ever do the 100 there? Um, possibly. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I would like to. Um, I definitely really enjoy the Blue Mountains. Yeah. Um, so maybe one time in the future. You've just got to be selective, I think, with these longer races. You yeah. can't do too many of them in a year. <laughs> How many 100Ks would you do in a year? I wouldn't go over three, even that, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 But then you would also do um, some 50Ks and all that sort of stuff in that as well, wouldn't you? uh yeah I, yeah like this year I've done 150 and 100 and 100 miler and I probably will do no I don't to be honest like I think for this year I've got maybe yeah maybe one more 100k in me or a 50 but not much more than that yeah yeah so um western states aside would you do another 100 miler or would you only do western states again I definitely like to do another 100 miler like I would like to do UTMB um yeah. but it's a lot of yeah, it's a lot more time out there. So I think I'd probably need to do a few more short, like shorter time-wise, 100 milers before I step up to that. Yeah, yeah that's... And get better at hiking. Yes, you definitely need to be good at hiking for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you use poles at all in your racing when you're doing maintenance races? Yeah, like when I raced CCC in 2015, I've used poles. And then, uh, yeah, there's been other races over the years where I've definitely definitely pulled out the poles yeah and when you um are going into a race that's really maintenance like ccc and do you train your hiking or do you just incorporate that into some of your longer runs i just incorporate it more into my longer runs yeah i don't do specific hiking sessions or anything like that it's just yes. being time out in the mountains yeah 
yeah, no, that's fair enough. So, um, and what do you, do you have any tips for, you know, people stepping up to their, their first 100 miler? Like what sort of things can they think about with their training and racing mentality? Um, I think the, the main one is to not step up to the 100 mile, 100 mile distance too quickly. Uh, yeah. I noticed that a lot when I was living in Asia. I think there's a lot of hype around 100 miles. And so sometimes people want to speed up that process, especially if they're new to trail running so it'll go from a 50k to a 100 miler um, mm. and so I think it's it's doing like logical race like logical races so doing like 50 and 80k 100k and then for me like doing western states it was the right option because it's time-wise it's super short compared to like yeah. something like UTMB um, yeah. so seeking out races that kind of make that prog progression logical um and then like i think the main thing with these longer ones as well as your nutrition is just making sure you have a dialed nutrition plan going into it because yeah you can do all the training um but then if your nutrition plan doesn't work out then that can totally throw your race as well yeah and and there's nothing worse than knowing that you're fit and ready but it's your stomach that's stopped you yep. going. Yeah. exactly yep. yeah so has that ever happened to you um, it did actually. I did Leverado in 2017 and I was throwing up in that race. That oh, was no. the race that actually put me off wanting to do ultras. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, that, it has happened to me before. And I think it does happen to quite a lot of yeah. ultra runners. Yeah. And was that too many gels for you or just? just... Yeah, I, I was getting too many gels on, too, too much like carbohydrate too early on in the race. Yeah. And, that, and I was also running too hard yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. That's also a, a, a good reason to, to pace yourself as well is to look after your stomach yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so after the European race season this year, what are your plans for running next year? Are you going to do Tarawara again? Um, I'm not sure. It's, yeah, like I said, I don't, if I can get into New Zealand, I'm not sure if, or if I'll stay in Europe. Um, I would like to do a road marathon again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I just feel that the road really helps with the yes. trail season as well. Yeah, yeah, so maybe I'll probably lean more towards doing the road at the beginning of the year and maybe some trail races in New Zealand. We'll just yeah. see. Can I just ask, going back actually, um, what happened in that road marathon that you pulled out at 32Ks? Yeah, it just, it just wasn't happening. It was one of those races, I think, with the road marathon as well. You have to have everything yeah. line up on the day. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'd been sick the week before leading into oh. it you kind of you're on the start line you're just telling yourself that you're going to be fine um and it just wasn't happening and I felt it was 5k loops and even in the first 5k I felt like I was working a lot harder than what I should have um and then I stayed on pace until halfway uh, and then the pace was just dropping and then at 32k I just decided it just wasn't happening and so I, I wasn't there to jog it in all my yeah. time goals had slipped um and so it made sense to stop there and then recover from that and focus on the trail season, then dig myself in a, in a bigger hole. So I think it's just, yeah, just wasn't, it comes down to just wasn't happening that day. Yeah. And sometimes it's better to just be sensible and not keep pushing exactly. it like yourself, dig a <laughs> hole. And, and, and like, also with, with marathons, I mean, you've got a lot of less room for, for recovery and, for, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like trail, trail races, like a hundred miles, you can go for a bad yeah. patch and you know you're going to come out of it. That's right. And a road marathon, if it's not happening on the day, it's just not happening. And like, I don't know, a DNF for me, it's just what, whatever you put on it. And it, yes. just, it doesn't mean anything really. I agree. It's just like, 
Yeah. Now, when you're um, racing something like Western States or Tarawera, do you listen to music or anything like that? Yeah, I do actually. I oh. listen to music. Um, it really helps me. Normally in ultras, I tell myself I as a treat. I can't listen to it till after halfway. Yes. Um, but I knew I was picking up my paces. So I listened to it before the 100K mark. And then I was picking up my two paces for the last 60K. And so they were talking to me. Um, yeah. And so I wasn't listening to music then. So what's on your playlist? Oh my gosh, there's like, you can have anything and everything. We've got like AC, DC, uh, Mumford and Sons. Um, what else have we got? So probably some like poppy trash as well. Yeah. Yeah, everything really. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And the poppy trash can be quite uplifting sometimes. Oh, totally. Yeah, it can get you out of the hole. It seriously yeah. can. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and nothing wrong with a bit of AC, DC occasionally too. No. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today and, and sharing with the listeners your experience at Western States. We were just, you know, obviously over here in Australia, we, we adopt you when, you, when you're a kid, basically. <laughs> Especially when you, you come second. When you do well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Typical Aussies. <laughs> but um, we were just wrapped to see you do so well, um, you know. So congratulations and um, can't wait to see what you can do again next time at Western States. Awesome. Thank you. And like, yeah, I had a lot of Aussies reach out to me and yeah, thank you for everyone for the messages. It was awesome. And it really helped. I think having the, yeah. the live this year, it was cool that so many people. Yes, that was so along. good. Yeah. yeah. Could follow along. Now where yeah. can people, speaking of following, where can they find you and follow you to see what you're doing? Um, on Instagram, it's at Ruth Crofty and then on Facebook, it's just Ruth Croft. Yeah. All righty. So I'll put those links in the show notes and thank you once again. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So what did you think? Wasn't she so down to earth considering how amazing she has been going in all of her races? Such a brilliant athlete. And I hope she does really well over in Europe and um, eventually gets back to run UTA 100. Wouldn't that be great to see her do that? Alrighty, well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out on the roads and trails. Till next time.